Hello everyone, this is the 18th episode of Bible Beyond, and today we're going to be learning about an iconic story. It's one that we've probably all heard in Sunday school. It's Daniel in the lion's den. We've already done a few episodes on the chapter of Daniel, uh, but this one, which will be our last episode in the book of Daniel, this is kind of the story that he's most known for. This is the story where he's given choice of either praying or being thrown in the lion's den. And he decides to pray, he's thrown in the lion's den, but miraculously, he's saved from the lions. So that's the classic story we're going to be talking about today. And as I said, this is actually going to be our last uh, part of Daniel that we're going to be studying. Um, Daniel is basically divided into two parts. The first six chapters go over all of these uh, stories that Daniel and his friends experience. In the second half of the book of Daniel, it becomes a book of prophecy with Daniel having these visions and then writing them down. Uh, so really what I want to do the book of Daniel for is to focus on the stories. And because of that, this will be our last episode um, in the book of Daniel. But nonetheless, it is a great one. And again, it's the one that he's mostly known for. So today our story is in Daniel chapter 6. Uh, we're just going to be reading verses 10 through 13. And it is kind of a short version of the entire text. But it really does give us all the information that we need to have in order for us to learn uh, what we want to do today. So again, that's uh, Daniel chapter 6, verses 10 through 13. It says, When Daniel knew that the document had been signed, he went to his house where he had windows in his upper chamber open towards Jerusalem. He got down on his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God, as he had done previously. Then these men came by agreement and found Daniel making petition and plea before his God. Then they came near and said before the king concerning the injunction, O king, did you not sign an injunction that anyone who makes petition to any god or man within thirty days except to you, O king, shall be cast into the den of lions? The king answered and said, The thing stands fast according to the law of the Medes and Persians, which cannot be revoked. Then they answered and said before the king, Daniel, who is one of the exiles from Judah, pays no attention to you, O king, or the injunction you have signed, but makes his petition three times a day. That's the text that we're going to be uh, learning about. Again, we're going to be learning about Daniel and this whole crazy story about him being thrown into a lion's den. All this and more on Bible Beyond. So one of the reasons why I haven't posted an episode in a while, I think it's been the longest uh, kind of pause be between two episodes. And the reason for that is because a few episodes ago, we went over the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And in their story, what happens is it's these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and they live in Babylon. 
Um, and they're living as Jews, as Israelites, who believe in God, even though the rest of Babylon doesn't. And of course, that creates like uh, challenges that they encounter. And for Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they face a really difficult situation because the king makes a big statue of himself and declares that anyone, no matter who they are, has to bow down and worship the statue. Which, for Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who believe in the God of the Bible, this isn't acceptable to them. So they decide, with bravery, they decide not to bow down to the statue, and the result is that the king throws them into a fiery furnace. And then there's this whole thing where King Nebuchadnezzar looks into the furnace and he sees that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego aren't burning up. And they walk right out of the furnace. They've been saved by God. It's a miracle. And in Daniel chapter 6, there isn't a fiery furnace, but there is a lion's den. And that's not the only similarity. These two stories, the things that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego experience and what Daniel experiences, are very, very similar. First of all, they both start off with some sort of a standard that they abide by. For Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, it's that they worship the God of Israel only. And for Daniel, it's that he prays to the God of Israel only. They have this standard of how they live. They also have in common a king. In Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, this king says that everyone has to bow down to the statue. In Daniel, uh, in his situation, the king says that Everyone has to pray to him. And in both of these situations, the king is directly doing something that opposes their standard of living. And then they have the choice, both Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and Daniel, they have the choice. Do they obey God or do they obey the king? Both of them choose to obey God. Both of them are thrown uh, into some sort of terrible situation. For Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, it's the furnace. And for Daniel, it's a den of lions. They're hungry and want to eat him. And in both cases, God miraculously saves them from that circumstance. So these stories are really, really similar. And after we finished Daniel 5, I started reading and studying Daniel 6. Um, and what I kind of came to is that these stories are very, very similar. And in some way, that's good because they both offer uh, a great message to us. There's a, there's a great kind of moral of the story. There's something um, from both of these that we can take away. The lesson is to trust God. But the thing is, while they're also similar in that, it's, 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 see, it's not just that they're similar. It's that they're almost exact. Almost everything in Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego's story is reflected in Daniel. So it, it, it kind of gave me the question, why did God include Daniel in the lion's den in this book? Because again, the, the um, situations are so similar. And it doesn't seem like we need to have both in the same book of the Bible. But that said, of course, there's got to be a reason, a really good reason, for why anything is in the Bible. So, of course, I studied and thought about it, um, and it took a long time, but what I figured out 
It's a very slight difference, but it is very important. I figured out that the main difference, and this is very important, the main difference is the type of decision that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego had to make and the type of decision that Daniel had to make. See, they both chose to trust in God, but they both did it in very different ways. See, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego had two options. They can either bow down to the statue, or they cannot bow down to the statue. Like, those are their only two options. There's not a third option. There isn't any sort of uh, loophole. There isn't any sort of um, other choice for them to make. They either bow to the statue or they don't, and they choose not to bow to the statue. But here's the thing with Daniel. In Daniel's story, the king makes this decree, and he says, okay, no one can pray to anyone else besides me for the next 30 days. And mind you, that leaves a lot of wiggle room. There's a lot more that Daniel could do with that, as opposed to the challenge that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego faced. There are a bunch of things that Daniel could have done to, in theory, kind of avoid the situation. So what might that be? Well, there are a bunch of things. First of all, Daniel simply could have just stopped praying for 30 days, right? And then once the 30 days are up, he begins praying and just continues on with life and misses the whole lion's den thing. Or, this is interesting, and, and this is even more peculiar, Daniel beforehand always prayed with the windows open towards Jerusalem. It would have been very easy to just shut the windows. That way he can still keep praying, but no one actually knows that he's praying to God. Those are just a couple things um, that he could have done, a couple of ways that he could have avoided the consequences of the king's new law. But what's interesting is that he doesn't do any of that. He specifically decides to keep the window open, to keep praying just as he had done before. Instead of taking one of the numerable other options that may have offered him um, a better solution. So that's the main difference, is Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego have two options. They either bow or they don't. Daniel, on the other hand, has way more. There are so many creative ways that he could get around this law. But what's interesting is that he doesn't take any of those, that when they come to mind, they seem a whole lot easier than what Daniel decided to go through. So here's the question. Why did Daniel choose to keep doing the same thing he had doing, had been doing, and thus risking his life? Why would he do that? See, this is very important. It may seem like a very slight distinction, but it really is the only distinction between these two stories. And it really is important because in our lives, we almost never face a decision with only two options. Almost always, uh, there, there, there's some sort of third option. There's some sort of way where we can kind of half do something, um, really no matter what it is. If you decide uh, to buy a car, for instance, it's not just you buy car A or car B. You can buy um, a car that's similar to car A. There are probably a lot of different types of car A. You can get a coupe or a sedan. You can get a hatchback. Or on the side of car B, maybe you can get like 
an SUV or a crossover. And in those categories, there are a bunch of different brands. See, what I'm saying is in any decision we make, there are typically numerous options, not just two. Now, a lot of the time there are two options. I'm not saying that we don't face situations where there aren't just two options. That's entirely possible. But most of the decisions we make are not either or. A lot of the time they're much more complex. There's a lot more nuance. And what's amazing that is that God doesn't just leave us with the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. See, it's a great story, but it doesn't necessarily show us how we should live the entirety of our lives. And God doesn't leave us there. He gives us this story of Daniel to learn from and to really ponder and consider why Daniel makes such a complex decision. So again, back to the original question. Why is it that Daniel decides to do the exact same thing he's been doing, of risking his life by praying with the window open. And what's really interesting about this question is that the Bible doesn't say anything. You can go ahead and read the entire chapter of Daniel. I have done it a lot by now. And there is no point at which we get really a clear explanation of why Daniel does the same thing. There's not even really like a hint or um, an inference that we can make. It's, it's not explained at all. And that's because the question we should be asking is not necessarily why Daniel makes his decision, but how Daniel makes his decision. See, there could be a bunch of reasons why Daniel decided to make his decision. There are probably, probably a lot of uh, factors that we don't know about because we're not living his life. What's important for us to know, though, is how he made his decision. That's what we can really take away and glean um, and apply to our own lives. So I want to go to a verse in Daniel. Let's see. It's same chapter, Daniel 6. Uh, it's, it's verse 4. This is talking about the people who are conspiring against him. It says, The high officials and the satraps sought to find ground for complaint against Daniel. So they don't like a Daniel. They're trying to find a way to get him in trouble. But they could not find any ground or compl for complaint or fault. Because he was faithful and no error or fault was found in him. So now we know that Daniel is a great person. Verse 5, though, is really interesting. Then these men said, We shall not find any ground for complaint against Daniel unless we find it in connection with with the law of his God. That right there is what Daniel makes this decision and every other decision based on. What I'm saying is that Daniel, when he faces a decision like this, he immediately makes every decision with the context of his relationship with God. And apparently this is very obvious to everyone around him because these are his enemies and they know the only way that we're going to get him in trouble is if we find it in connection with his God. What he understood was that Daniel wasn't loyal to anything in particular. They couldn't trust, they, 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 they couldn't be sure 
that he, that he would be loyal to money or to power. They, they, they couldn't know that he was going to go after those things. The only thing for sure that they knew about Daniel because of his faithfulness is that they would have to find complaint between him and his God because that's the only thing that he was truly steadfast in. And I think that in this statement, the fact that Daniel was so faithful to God, we understand how Daniel made his decision. Really what Daniel is practicing here is wisdom. And wisdom comes from a true understanding of who God is and who we are in Jesus. See, a lot of the times when we face a decision, just like this one, there are so many factors to take into account. Like you have to take into account uh, what the benefits could be, what the risks could be. You have to take into account how it would affect other people, how it would affect yourself. You have to take into account what other people would think of your decision. All of these things are so important. We have to somehow be able to quantify them all and then make a decision. And it can seem so daunting sometimes. I mean, surely we've all had some sort of decision that we just can't quite be sure of. We'll keep wrestling with it and trying to figure out what's the best solution. What do I do? Uh, a lot of times we even pray, God, how, give me wisdom. How can I make the right decision here? What do you want me to do? And this is what Daniel starts off with. Daniel is connected to his God. He's perfectly loyal to God. And using that as a starting point, he's able to make an incredibly complicated decision. Let me explain. See, if you have to make a decision like Daniel here, I'm just going to use him as an example because that's what we have. If you're trying to make Daniel's decision, let's say you're in Daniel's place. And maybe in Daniel's position, you have to consider what your fellow Israelites will think. You know, if you decide to shut the windows and to refrain from being seen while he's praying. He probably has to decide what will happen to the kingdom if he's not there to help uh, make decisions and stuff like that. He probably has to consider um, how, maybe most importantly, how this will affect his relationship of, with God based on the decision he has to make. Again, it's very complicated. There are a bunch of factors to consider because this is real life. But the thing of it is, Daniel is loyal to God. And when that's his starting point, it provides a lot of clarity for making decisions. See, making decisions is very hard. It's, it's not a diff, it, it, sorry, it is a difficult thing to do. But one of the things that makes it so hard is that a lot of the time we assign disproportionate value to the factors we are considering. I mean, how many times does someone make a decision purely off of what other people think? A lot of the time they make a bad decision because of that, because they're assigning too much value to what other people think. So with that example, how does Daniel respond? I think Daniel would respond with, yes, it is important taking into account what people think, but for Daniel, what's most important at the end of the day? It's God. 
He's most concerned above all else what God would think of him. And because he has such a relationship with God, all of a sudden, everyone else's opinion doesn't quite matter so much. He's simplified the decision. Or maybe he needs to, once again, consider um, you know, how his absence, because he was killed by a lion, how his absence may affect the kingdom. Maybe he's worried about what will happen to people if he's not there to conduct decisions. Maybe he's frantic about that. But again, let's understand where he's starting from. Daniel believes in a God who is all-powerful and all-good. Daniel doesn't need to worry. He doesn't need to be frantic about all of these uh, considerations having to do with his job once he's gone. He can trust that God, at the end of the day, even though Daniel may not be there, God certainly has control over Dan. Uh, over whatever Daniel had control of while he was alive. See, in this way, because Daniel understands who God is, we're simplifying the decision. All of a sudden, people's perspectives don't quite matter as much. All of a sudden, his responsibilities don't quite matter so much. All of a sudden, the decision is becoming simpler and simpler. Now, again, we don't know exactly why Daniel came to this decision of being thrown into the lion's den um, and taking that risk that he may very well be eaten. We don't know why, but we do know how Daniel made his decision. He started with the understanding of who God was. And, of course, Daniel didn't know it at the time. Because Jesus hadn't been born yet. But how this is possible for us to do, how we have the same mindset as Daniel, is when we understand God through Jesus. When we believe in Jesus, we actually know God and we have the same relationship that Daniel did and we're able to make these complicated decisions in the same way that Daniel did. See, if we believe in Jesus then we truly believe that our sins, whatever they may be, are covered by his sacrifice. If we truly believe that, then we really do have a relationship with God. He really is our father and our sovereign king. And when we believe that, all of a sudden, again, it changes everything about how we view the decision. We gain wisdom and insight. This is what we need in order to make good decisions. This is what we need in order to make the decision that we face every day. This is wisdom. And just like Daniel, I hope that me and all of you out there understand this and seek God more and more with the understanding that through him and through that relationship, we can make decisions that truly honor God. So let's pray. Dear God, as confusing as this story is, as similar as these stories are, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and Daniel, thank you for including them. Thank you for including that slight difference of the decision. Because after examining it more, we understand you know, how big of an impact it makes and how we really need to understand how Daniel makes his decision. So thank you for revealing that, for helping us understand it. 
And as we learn, we have to have a relationship with you. So God, I pray that you know everyone would learn to love you more and to know you more so that we can be the same type of person as Daniel. Once again, thank you for this amazing story for Daniel, for Jesus, how you made this all possible. And in Jesus' name, amen. This has been the 18th episode of Bible Beyond. A huge thank you for my grandfather for creating the great music you're listening to right now. And thank you for listening. If you'd like to hear more, check back with us on the first of every month, when we'll have a new episode up and ready. But until then, have a great day.